Bob. Don't worry. Good evening and welcome to Slam the Gavel, the show that tells it all regarding family court, other court issues, as well as CPS. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie. I have a return guest on. Her name is Attorney Barbara Stone. She was last on my show January 31st, 2022, Season 3, Episode 12. She has been the victim of the Guardian Racket, run by the government using false protection-sounding laws that are using to strip the public of their rights. Barbara is one of the hundreds of millions of mothers, fathers, sons and daughters in the U.S. and the world giving testament to a U.S. government funded and run trafficking, pillaging, torture, murder regime run under the guise of family and guardian courts. Barbara and her group are families all over the country who have filed a criminal claim in the International Criminal Court against the perpetrators, including the president and the cronies. Our rights are unalienable and endowed by the Creator, by the Declaration of Independence, and by human dignity, by the UN International Bill of Rights. The perverse U.S. government trafficking racket is run by all branches of the government to steal our unalienable rights. So I welcome you to the show, Attorney Stone. How are you doing? I'm great, Marianne. Thank you so much for having me here. And thank you so much for shining the spotlight on what we're dealing with throughout the world and the racket that you just described, uh, because it is the most important thing in the world. And um, so I don't know whether you want me to kind of bring everybody up to date in terms of what we're doing as a group, or if you'd prefer to ask questions. Oh, so how far are you? Because I know you had amassed uh, a bunch of cases, mine included, yeah. uh, I, of this huge filing that you have painstakingly done for everyone to show this, this human, human uh, rights violations. And, um, you know, how thick is the paperwork? And ha- you've mailed it out already. And where are we at with everything? Okay, so um, we started this monumental task of collecting um, what I call irrevocable proof of atrocity crimes. And so the world knows about what goes on in the United States in terms of these fake courts with protection sounding names like family court and guardian court. They're like the biggest scam in history and everybody that's in it and the world knows that this is going on. And it's no different than what what went on in Nazi Germany. And in Nazi Germany, they did the same thing. They called their Nazi laws um, something by, by protection sounding names as well. And the main law that they used was a law called for the protection of the people and the state, right? Sounds mm-hmm. great. So what it does is it strips the citizens of their rights, a class of citizens, Jews as well as as other classes of citizens. And I want to read a little description of what that law does, because this is identical to what goes on in the U.S. Nuremberg laws called family child laws or family court laws and guardian laws, where it strips your rights. And Mm -hmm. so I want to get across to America and the world that 
these laws are what precipitates us being in these fake human trafficking courts where the only thing that's taking place are atrocity crimes under international law. So mm -hmm. I just want to get back for one minute and read the decree of the Reich president for the protection of the people and the state. And this is taken from the Holocaust Museum. Popularly known as the Reichstag Fire Decree, the regulation suspended important provisions of the German constitution. Sound familiar? <laughs> Especially those safeguarding individual rights and due process of law. The decree permitted the restriction of the rights to assemble, freedom of speech, freedom of press, among other rights, and it removed all restraints on police investigations. With the decree in place, the regime was free to arrest and incarcerate political opponents without specific charge, dissolve political organizations, and, and suppress publications. It also gave the central government the authority to overrule state and local laws and overthrow state and local governments. This law became a permanent fixture of the Nazi police state. And so this is exactly what we're dealing with. All protections under the Constitution, and this goes far beyond the Constitution, these are just our human rights, have been removed, stripped by these laws. And so we've been declared dead under the law. We've been eliminated of our rights to protect ourselves. It's so horrific. And so every time one of these judicial perpetrators issues what he calls an order, but it's just a false proclamation, it's illegal and void, stripping our rights, taking away parental rights, stripping the rights of someone who's in guardianship. This is an atrocity crime. This is an atrocity crime under international laws. And there's four categories of crimes under international law that the International Criminal Court was set up to investigate. Collectively, they're called atrocity crimes. But I'll get back to that in just one second because I want to deal with these false orders, these edicts, these Nuremberg mm -hmm. orders issued by judges. So they, in their black robe, sign a piece of paper. And today, they don't even sign the paper. They use electronic signature which is illegal under the US, uh, under US code. I believe this section is 15-USC 7001. And it's very obscure because you have to read into it because there are certain, certain exceptions as to what can be done electronically, but judicial orders cannot be done electronically. So they violate a whole host of US laws, but they're violating atrocity laws under the International Criminal Court by their electronic or their written signatures to these or to these things that they call orders. And so it's so simple and people get so diverted by being embroiled in these courts that they don't see what's really happening. It's the laws that are all illegal. It's these Nuremberg laws that are issued by US perpetrators, legislators, signed by the president, signed by the governors, that strip our rights. And it's gotten worse and worse and worse. 
and they're sitting in their in our buildings these legislators and, and judges are sitting in our u.s in our taxpayer-owned buildings writing up these right stripping laws it's absolutely preposterous they're committing crimes each time they do that and so here we are we've got to get these laws removed from the books and we've got to get the perpetrators criminally investigated and sentenced for these crimes and so it's just a very simple um agenda playbook by the entire u.s government so what we've done to kind of get back to your question is we put together um a uh, uh, uh representative orders so-called orders issued by these judges to show how they take a template in guardian court and they check off the mark remove the right to vote remove the right to marry, remove the right to enter into contracts, remove the right to, to determine your own residence, re re remove maybe 15 rights, just a template. They check off this template. What is that? It, it, it's absolutely preposterous. And so those Nuremberg orders on their face are atrocity crimes. So that's a section of what we put together in this filing. And then the other section that we put together is um, what the ICC calls exhaustion of remedies and what we call futility of remedies. And by seeking remedy, all this does is perpetrate further atrocity crimes by retaliation. And so we put together um, examples of filings that we've done in the next tier of the Brethren courts that get nowhere. Uh, going all the way up to the ladder to the U.S. Supreme Court, we've gotten a number of examples of filings in the U.S. Supreme Court, and we have examples of going to the FBI, going to the sheriff, going to all of the places that everybody goes thinking that we really have a government when our government is utterly, completely lawless, because this wouldn't happen to one person, not one person, not one family, if it wasn't a um systemic widespread playbook by the government and so um the other part of it the other piece of it the very important piece of it is that on the federal level these laws are um on their face if you just look at them you don't have to go too deep into it but for instance the adoption and safe children protection act was signed by bill clinton um years ago i believe it was in the 70s where he um he funds these these agencies insider government agencies using protection sounding names as well like the department of health and human services child protection adult protection it's the alphabet soup of acronyms with protection sounding names that get paid to come in and kidnap our families and so you don't have to look too deep into this law. It's at the very beginning where he funds these racketeers to come in and steal our families. And this has been going on for so long and it's become normalized. People just accept this um, Nuremberg law as being a legitimate law. And so, you know, these alphabet soups come in and steal our parents and steal our kids and it's called forcible disappearance. It's a war crime. 
when under the auspices of the government, our family members are virtually disappeared, kidnapped. And so a lot of um, other names have been um, kind of used to define what's going on, like medical kidnapping or um, uh, PTSD. Uh, what, is, what is that called, Marianne? You probably know better in the child, in the family court, it's called um, uh, the acronym PTSD. Uh, poster. Um, Post-traumatic stress disorder. Post-traumatic stress syndrome. So they use those terms which are so wrong and they don't really define what's happening because what's happening is the crime of torture, again, an atrocity crime under international law. But for some reason, people just think that they can assign these kinds of names to what's happening to them when they're being subjected to the crime of torture. And so not only does these alphabet soups starting with the federal um agency which is the department of health and human services on the federal level and that trafficking agency has been assigned the ability to hire state trafficking agencies under the you know child protection um child protection agency and adult protection agency so now what's happened because wake up america america's allowing this to happen is that these protection sounding rackets are actually the rackets being used to investigate their own crimes so cps or aps or another you know name that's used comes knocking at some family's door in the middle of the night many times with like, you know, an armed um, hired person, trafficker, to come and just take your kids away from you. And so, you know, if you refuse, then they do their own investigation of their own crimes. This would be like an unbelievable Netflix movie where just series after series of the atrocity crimes are played out on a Netflix movie, but we're not in a Netflix movie. This is real life. And so what we've done as a group is come together and put victims throughout the country um, in 36 states now, and we've all got other victims surfacing after our filing. So we're going to be doing another supplement to the filing that's just not going to deal with reinforcing what we've already proved, but we're going to show that because these crimes haven't been remedied, now they've escalated. And so by bringing everyone together throughout the country, we're showing that it's systemic and that it's widespread. And so we've got over 200 victims and since our filing, which was done um about about seven or eight days ago and it and it got received by the international criminal court judges last monday and tuesday and so now they're put on notice they know they know before the filing because they know that these crimes are happening but now they're on official notice each of the 18 judges in the international criminal court of the u.s atrocity crimes and so um i'm just going to kind of define what these crimes are because I mentioned earlier that there's a set of four crimes that collectively are called atrocity crimes. So these are crimes against humanity 
which has its own subset of crimes, including human trafficking and torture and sex trafficking and other things that are involved in these, um, in these um, false protection sounding rackets. And then there's the crime of genocide, which is happening for the most part in the guardian racket where our mothers and fathers are being drugged to death um, by chemical restraints. And then there's uh, war crimes, which are happening by virtue of the forcible disappearance that I mentioned where CPS or APS or these acronyms come knocking at your door to steal your family members. And then there's a crime of aggression, which is really kind of a technical term used when there's crimes against other countries, between countries. But the way um, it should really be defined is that the US government is in a crime against humanity against its citizens and the world citizens because many of the victims, as a matter of fact, about 25% of the victims are not US citizens. So they come here to visit their families and oops, they've been kidnapped. They've been trafficked. They're being uh, subjected to atrocity crimes by a government where they don't even live. And so um, that's part of the, um, the group where they're not uh, citizens of the United States. And then there's another part where they have dual citizenship. So we've made that very clear to the International Criminal Court because they also have this fake barrier that they call jurisdiction, which of course doesn't exist because <laughs> under international and universal laws, this is a world court that has international and universal jurisdiction. But nonetheless, we've made it very clear that its moot doesn't apply. Even if it did apply, it's, it's null and void. But it doesn't apply because 25% of the victims are victims of countries that have signed um, an agreement uh, to, be, um, to be overseen by the International Criminal Court. So when I say jurisdiction, that's the shield that the International Criminal Court has used to say, oh, we don't have jurisdiction. The United States has not signed a document that it's not going to commit atrocity crimes. So when you just look at everything in the view of common sense, the view of uh, universal laws, the view of the laws of nature, there, there's no barrier to the International Criminal Court simply um, no investigation is really needed because these crimes are proven on their face. So now we need to get arrest of the perpetrators. We need to get our family members back. We need all of these laws to get taken off the books and we need massive reparation. And so those are the four things that we've asked for by the, that we've asked for by the International Criminal Court. Have they, have they responded? I, I'm sure it's too soon for them to respond because you just, they're, they are just on notice as of last Monday. Right. Well, I mean, when you file something, it was filed as an emergency, urgent filing. And under normal laws, even in our federal laws and our federal courts here, they don't actually have a rule, or at least one that I have been able to find, 
to say when there has to be a response to an emergency filing in a federal court here, but typically it's either the same day or the following day within 24 hours. So the way I see it, you know, there should have been a response already within 24 hours because we've documented it. We've shown that it affects hundreds of millions of people and uh, they've, they've had notice now for seven days. But what the International Criminal Court does is they can sit on it forever, just like they sit on everything else. Why are there crimes all over the whole world? Why, are there, why is there genocide in Rwanda? Why is the Ukraine situation going on? Why? Because they have no accountability. So mm -hmm. we're dealing with an international arena that's responsible. This is what they're getting paid for. This is why they were established by the United Nations. And they've been given a deadline of this week, June 30th. So now they've been notified by overnight delivery to the International Criminal Court, to each of the 18 judges. They've been notified by email. They've been notified by different social media accounts. And actually one of the judges came into my LinkedIn account over the weekend because he was notified by LinkedIn and he saw, you know, the complaint sitting on LinkedIn. So they, they know, they all know, the world knows at this point. So we're gonna see how this plays out. But in the meantime, you know, we're going to continue notifying all of the media, notifying the top government leaders. We're gonna notify every corner of the world about these U.S. government atrocity crimes. Mm -hmm. And I totally appreciate all the work you have done and all the work you have compiled. I really hope something comes of this. Well, in the way I see it, it's impossible for it to be ignored. This is, this is the biggest crime in the history of the world. And so, you know, whether it takes a day, whether it takes two days, whether it takes a week, whether it takes two weeks, something's going to have to happen because government perpetrators in the United States cannot keep this racket going where they're murdering and committing genocide against their own citizens and the citizens of the world. So there's no doubt in my mind that this is going to spread, the word's going to get out, and other countries are going to be appalled by what's going on in the United States. And so the way I see it, other countries know that there's massive corruption in the United States, but they don't have any idea of the level of corruption perpetrated by this crime. And so there's a lot of um, things that I don't really want to get into too deep um, in the US government that people accept as norm and if you just go back to a little common sense, you know, you'll see that so many of the things that people accept as the norm are, are absolutely preposterous. And a couple of examples, and again, I don't want to get too deep into it because it just diverts from what we're trying to get the point across in terms of these family court, guardian court racket. But, um, you know, if you look at the, um, the, over, the overturning of Roe versus Wade, you know, that's not even something that the Supreme Court can do. If there is going to be any kind of law determining what a woman can do with her body, it has to be done by the legislator. So we're, we let the legislators, there has to be some law. 
So the Supreme Court is not even, it's like a false, you know, another order or whatever opinion that they're issuing completely without jurisdiction. It's, it's absolutely preposterous, you know, what we're seeing being played out in our government. And so one of the things that I um, sent around a notice to our group is just why aren't people in the street with pots and pans like what happened in Iceland when the government became so corrupted, the people took to the streets with pots and pans. And so, of course, you know, our speech is censored and we're not able to talk about, you know, anything else other than perhaps pots and pans against these people that are sitting in our office, our offices. They're sitting in, um, in buildings in, in Washington and throughout the country. We own these buildings. Mm -hmm. And so, you know, the FBI that's completely lawless and complicit with this is, is set up this whole playbook where they're taking down the people that, you know, appeared in our government office to make objection. Now, yes, the, 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 some of these people were, you know, it was done with, um, with a degree of violence, which is, which is wrong. But many of these people just went to their government building to express objection. And so rather than dealing with this atrocity crime taking place, we've got the January 6th, you know, hearings that are going on ad nauseum where there were mm -hmm. no crimes being perpetrated. So the government is there for the government. The government mm -hmm. is there to be complicit. The government is there to perpetrate these crimes and to cover up these crimes. We, the people, do not have a government. And that's why we're taking this internationally. And the, the sick part, which is to echo what you have just said, is the taxpayers are paying for this to go on. There, you know, a lot of people aren't even aware of the Title IV B, D, and E incentives. The taxpayers have no idea where their money's going to. You're so right, Marianne. You're so right. And shame on us. You know, so that Title IV was something that I didn't pick up when I was talking about the Adoption and Safe Children's Act, but it's the same thing. The Title IV has got so many laws involved in that one, you know, big name thing called Title IV when it's got paragraph a paragraph b c d and e and maybe even more and they all deal with different things you know paragraph a deals with one thing b deals with one thing c deals with one thing another one deals with social security another one deals it's this massive law that um that nobody bothers to read and it's kind of like typical of what the government does it just throws in the kitchen sink so that they can hide you know, their crimes behind something called Title IV. So I guess the takeaway to all of this is that, you know, everyone is responsible to claim their rights, to protect their rights, to speak up, to know that these laws are illegal, and to take back the government from these perpetrators that are, that are, that are committing these crimes by stripping your rights. And so um, I'd like to just give everybody um, a means to access, you know, the website and to continue their filings, because as I said, we are going to um, do some kind of writ or second notice to the International Criminal Court. And we'd like to have as many other victims on board as possible. So um, Marianne, do you want me to um, 
just give everybody my contact information and then you'll probably have it on your website as well. Oh, definitely. That would be great. Okay. So um, the website that has a portal that you can submit your information, it's called endguardianracket.com. And basically all we need is just um, your case number, the county and the state, and the names of all of the judges. And then one other thing that we'd like for you to provide is if you are a dual citizen, we'd like to know that information. And if the person in your family who is not uh, a citizen of the United States would like to know that information as well. So again, that website is endguardianracket.com and you can communicate with me by two other email addresses, which is barbara at peoplesrightsforum.com. Again, barbara at peoplesrightsforum.com or um, my direct email address is barbara dot stone dot usa at gmail.com and i'm also going to give you a phone number um it's an 800 number 1-800-605 um i just got this phone number to use it for um our filing so let me just make sure i'm giving you the correct number um 1-800-605-4160 again 1-800-605-4160. Thank you so much. Thank you so much. And, um, you know, I'm just, you know, very disappointed in our government and especially with uh, the 1997 ASFA, <laughs> ASFA, you know, it's just so disappointing because within that is the 42 U.S. Code 666 requirement of statutorily prescribed procedures to improve effectiveness of child support enforcement, which I think is very creepy. Well, we'll have to talk about that a little bit further because we're not all that familiar with that section. So again, you know, you deal—the more you delve into this, right. you know, the more you find, the more that surfaces. And so that's what happens in a racket. You know, it's just bottomless. And so, right. yeah, we'll, we'll have to talk about that section. And I'm going to have you back for. Yeah, for an update, I'll have you back for an update of what's going on with all your filings and all your hard work. And that, you know, we appreciate all the work that you have done to bring this to light. And I, you know, I, I'd like to see these judges respond. You know, yeah, and so, that's, that's the next, that's the next phase of this, you know, wake up world, wake up judges, you know, we're, we're this is this is not going to go away. You know, this is something's going to give. So yeah, so thank you so much, Marion, for having Definitely. me here. And again, I just encourage everybody, if you're a victim of the guardian court, if you're a victim of the family court, you know, please get me your information. Mm -hmm. Okay, so uh, hang on, don't jump off. Slam the Gavels, a podcast to help the public understand what really goes on in these family courtrooms. I'm your host, Marianne Petrie, author of Dismantling Family Court Corruption, Why Taking the Kids Was Not Enough, and Cry Out for Justice, Poems of Truth. Please join us again here with Attorney Barbara Stone and other guests. Thank you so much, Attorney Barbara Stone, for coming on. Thank you.